Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For Christ is born of Mary and gathered on a While mortals see the angels keep their watch of love. Morning stars together I believe now we'll hear our way in the meeting. Pull up your slate for free pickup. Click to get started.
Mm-hmm. We're experiencing a lot of interference on the most holy night of the year. Shall we go to the message, uh, Pastor Millicent? Please stay tuned, everyone. Thank you. I would like to say that it be God's wish that we all unite here on the most holy, most holiest day of the year. Yes, thank you. Thank you. God is not surprised. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. come. Thy will be done. done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. As we Someone, please continue. As we forgive, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. From evil. From evil. Amen. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Can you all hear me now? Yes. Yes. My computer has been taken over and my lap, my tablet was being tampered with, but God is still good. God is still good. Yes. 
I give thanks to God, our Father, for each of you that are with us on this Christmas Eve, for this Christmas Eve service. I'm grateful for your presence, and I don't take it lightly that you are here with us today. I'm always thankful for the ministry team who participates in our services each week and who is working with us today, as well as those of you from the TI community and community organization leaders for participating with us this evening in this wonderful time of celebration, the eve of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be talking this afternoon, trying to make it brief, uh, from a familiar scripture in the book of John, John chapter 8, verse 12, which simply says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let us pray. Holy God, we thank you for this day, God. We thank you for who you are in our lives. We praise you, oh God, that you by your own decree has called us overcomers, Lord, more than conquerors, victorious through him who loved us. And Father, we take possession of everything you have called us this day in Jesus' name. We pray, oh God, that you will help us to become all the more appreciative of this holiday season, oh God, and remembering that Jesus is the reason for the season. Oh God, we pray that you will help us to hear you more clearly, oh God, to follow you more nearly and to love you more dearly day by day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 The title of the message this evening is The Light That Shines Around the world, the light that shines around the world. Last year, I shared sermons during the month of December about Jesus being the light of the world and the benefit of having one light that will always make a difference in the life of humanity. Think about all of the many uses of the word light today. All of the many forms of light, there are street lights, that can only be seen in the area where it stands. Most street lights only provide sight, not always to the whole street, but rather only in a specific circumference. It doesn't shine on the next street or the next street over, just in the area where it is sitting. Then there is a flashlight that pretty much does the same thing. It provides light only in the area or the direction in which it is pointed. You won't see much behind you with the flashlight. However, wherever it shines, light is provided. There are car lights, headlights, taillights, backing lights, parking lights, fog lights, inside lights, dash lights, and emergency lights. Each set of lights has its function in a car, and can only perform the function for which they were designed. The headlights shine pretty much all of the time, while the emergency lights flash only when they're activated. The inside lights are designed to
to function when the car door is open unless someone turns on the switch that is inside the car. The fog lights are usually only needed when fog makes distance sight impossible. They must also be activated by the driver. The parking lights only shine when the car is in park and the backing lights only come on when the car is being driven in reverse. Again, these lights only shine according to their design function. The modern day light for men who are working is the headgear light. You can actually strap the light across the top of your head or on your forehead, and it will, like the other lights I have described, provide sight in front of you. Men use this kind of light when working in closed places like underground caves or fixing water pipes under a house or while working under a car. There are other kinds of lights and many variations of bulbs. However, the only light that I know of that shines around the world is the light provided by Jesus Christ. This light provides sight on your path in every direction. Wherever God's love is, the light also shines. The light that Jesus provides is shining on every continent at the same time. It's in every state, every nation, and on every island. And Jesus described it as the light of life, the light that dispels the darkness of sin. Some of the current news headlines herald the darkness that covers our nation and the world. One of them says FBI going dark with new advanced surveillance program. Another one says democracy dies in darkness. Isn't a warning, it's a plan. The news in the 90s was filled with the breaking stories about the Tuskegee syphilis experiment of the 1940s and recently of Henrietta Lack and the Gila gene. In 2009, news of the Vietnam veterans lawsuit to expose the use of soldiers in biological and chemical weapon experiments hit the news. All of these atrocious human rights violations happened to American citizens who were kept in the dark about the truth of what was being done to them. One supposed fiction book that I read years ago was entitled This Present Darkness. Written by Frank Peretti, this was a story about a college town that was being taken over by Satanists. The only persons who were spiritually discerning enough to realize what was happening was a pastor and his wife and the newspaper editor. It was the prayer of the saints that brought the light of God in to defend this town and Satan was defeated. There was one other book that I read years and years ago by author Neil T. Anderson, and it was entitled Overcoming the Darkness. Let me tell you, these men were already aware of what we were going to be facing in the, night, in the year 2000 and beyond. And they were writing supposedly from a 
fictional perspective about some truths that were actually taking place and beginning to come. One thing about water, when you spill a glass of water, the water starts in the area where the glass tilted over. But the longer that water is allowed to stay in that area, it spreads and spreads and spreads until it's running off the table and onto the floor and sometimes on across the floor. That's the way darkness does. Darkness starts as a thought in somebody's mind. That thought then becomes an action when he shares it with someone else and they decide to put it into, put the plan into action. The longer it is allowed to stay, the more people become a part of it. That darkness is spreading. The only remedy for darkness is light. And since Jesus is the light of the world, Jesus is the remedy. The writer of the book of 1 John tells us, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. Yet a different John writes, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. How do you know when the Father has come? Because when he comes, the glory comes. And the glory is part of the light that shines so bright that everything it, it hits becomes just like it. It becomes the light. Now, when Jesus came to live in our hearts, the light came to live in us. And so everywhere we are, the light is. Consequently, humans all around the world who carry the love of God on the inside of them by the person of the Holy Spirit helps to become the light that lights up the world. So the Bible says that the end won't come until the word is heard all around the world then the whole world will have accepted the light. The whole world will have embraced the light. And guess what? The darkness will have no place in God's world at all. This scripture that was read today comes after a very important scene in biblical history. And as I was, was writing, I, I, I really was, it was beginning to, to take heart for me, and I want you to listen to it because last week in our Sunday school class, we talked about Mary and the, the place that God put her in by selecting her to become the mother of the Messiah. I also shared this in the message last Saturday. The fact that she had to accept once she accepted the, the position, she then had to live with all of the darkness that was going to be heralded at her before she gave birth to the light of the world. So the first 11 verses of this book in John describe the actions of those who claim to have caught a woman in adultery. Neither sinner were named. However, the attention is on the woman's role in this act of committing a sin that broke the law that day. 
Now, I want you to understand something. It could have been Jesus's mother, Mary, if we didn't know that God was in the plan. Because we do know that it caused a scene, it caused an uproar, a place of distress for her once she realized and, and heard from the angels that, G, that God had named her as the woman of all women to carry Jesus, the light of the world. We know that it would have been a dark day for her had Joseph not also gotten a visit from the angel in, in his dream. If he had not already been assured that the child that Mary was carrying was of God. And there was a very special assignment for this child. So Joseph also became a blessed man to be named as the earthly father of such a child. The penalty for both the woman caught in adultery and for Jesus's mother Mary was the same, stoning until dead. It's interesting that the man is never mentioned in the, in the uh, pericope of the woman who was caught in adultery and there was no punishment assigned to the part he played in the encounter and it was the same for Joseph. It would have been automatically assumed that the woman had done something wrong and stoning would have been her punishment. However, there is the insistence that Jesus pronounced a death sentence on this woman when it really might have been his own mother Mary upon whom he would have been making that pronouncement. The difference was the man in Mary's case was God and who can question the sovereignty of the almighty God. My stance on this story is that the patriarchal society was once again playing its role of being the superior ones. The men seemed to take the role of innocence, though without the man, that would have not been an act until God showed clearly how the tables could be turned and the woman was made to have looked guilty, as in the case of Mary. Where were they at the man's house? Was she another man's wife? And I mean the woman caught in adultery. The point that Jesus made is he said not one word was that sin was sin, and we don't always know the circumstances. As the light of the world, Jesus came to provide a way out from the penalty of sin for the woman caught in the act of adultery and to show the world that things are not always as they seem, for his mother had not committed adultery, but rather she was chosen above all women to give birth to a man who would become the light of the world and would pierce all of the darkness that sin brings. Both women were covered by the light that Jesus was to the world. These actions were very important statements of the true purpose for Jesus coming into the world and his ability to fulfill God's assignment. Television evangelist James Robinson tells of his conception by an act of violence upon his mother. She was raped by the son of an elderly man who she was caring for. Robinson's mother went to a doctor for an abortion, 
but the doctor refused to abort the child. His mother placed an ad in the paper advertising for a Christian couple to raise her baby boy. A couple responded and raised James until he was five years old when his mother returned for him. Robertson tells that for the next 10 years, he lived in poverty with his mother who moved around from place to place. At the age of 14, James went back to live with the adoptive couple, and from there, his evangelistic career began. Today, Robinson is credited with sharing the good news of the light of God with over 20 million people, with 2 million of them having given their lives to Christ. It was a dark act that brought James Robinson into this world. But it was the light of the love of God that caused a couple to take him and show him that love until James himself was able to share the love of Christ with millions. The light of the world was able to dispel the darkness that threatened to overcome the woman caught in adultery's life, who, like his mother Mary, really might have been a victim of circumstance. After the events of the adultery, Jesus makes the second of seven I am statements found in the book of John. I am the light of the world. Why is this so important? At the very beginning of creation, separating the light from the darkness was one of the first things God did. The dark represents chaos, sin, wickedness, evil, and immorality. All kinds of depravity are done in the dark. Robbery, murders, rapes, and vandalism are crimes that predominantly take place at night. Jesus proclaims, I am the light of the world, plainly in the most absolute sense. But though he gives his disciples the same title, they are only light in the Lord. They can only shine as long as Jesus lives in them. And that is the same way it is for us. And though he calls John the Baptist the burning and shining light, yet he was not that light. But John, his cousin, born to a woman who was married, was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which coming into the world provided light for every man. Thus, we are admonished to be a light on top of a hill and not hidden under a bushel. We too are called to be the lighters of the way for those who are wandering in the darkness. There are some qualities of a light bearer that Jesus showed to us as he came into this world and lived among Sinners who needed the light. Jesus showed them love. Paul reminds us that love never fails. And John tells us that the light will never be comprehended or overcome by darkness. Since both love and light will always remain, it's up to you and me to share that love and the light that will help others to know Christ. The second thing we have to do is invest. We have to invest in the spiritual growth of those 
who come to Jesus as the light of the world. Many times people accept the invitation to become a member of the family of God only to find that the family is too busy to be bothered with them. We have to give them our time and make the effort to help them become familiar with this Christian walk. The last thing we need to do as light of the world is help people to grow. Our maturity must be consistently worked on. The scripture that talks of growing in grace is for all of us. The more we walk in the light of Christ, the more we grow. So as we walk in the light, we are able to help those find their way to the light that Christ is in a world filled with darkness. We also become those who carry the torch. For we are to let our lights shine that others may see our good work and glorify the Father who is in heaven. So let us keep showing the love of Christ. Let us keep investing in the spiritual maturity of those who join the family of God and of those who we hope will accept the invitation to accept Jesus Christ as their light. There will come a day when the light of the world will give way to the eternal light of God. Until that time, we await the second coming of Jesus, who then will once again light this dark and dying world. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Nelson, for your very inspiring Christmas message. Yeah. We thank all of you who are worshiping with us today, especially on Christmas Eve. We invite you to discipleship and offer a prayer of salvation. We pray that you've received all the blessings that God has given you during this service. Remember, Jesus loves you. He is in the healing business for those who are lonely, brokenhearted, or at the end of their rope. Here are some steps to take on the road to salvation. Admit your sinner. Be willing to repent or turn from sin. Believe that Jesus Christ died for you and rose again. And invite Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and Savior. Pray this prayer. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I am not where I want to be, and I want your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. Please wash me clean from all sin, shame, and guilt. Come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord and Savior. I ask this in your name, Jesus. Then unite with Refuge from the Storm Church or a Bible-based church in your local community. Start reading the Bible. Email us at mgrace321 at gmail.com to become a member for prayer or for suggestions on how to start your journey through the Bible. We urge you to read a daily devotional to get the most inspiration from the Holy Spirit during your Bible reading. Here are some suggestions for devotionals that are free online. 
our own Refuge from the Storm newsletter published weekly. You can send an email to refugefromstorm at aol.com to get your own personal copy. You can also go to our daily bread.org, kentuck.org, gracebox.com, or pastorrick.org. To receive a, a free print devotional sent to you, have it sent to you, go to ourdailybread.org and intouch.org. For purchase, both online and in print, I recommend upperroom.org, especially for beginners, beginners in the Word, as well as for those who are seasoned in the Word. May I interject something? Martin Luther King said, Okay. <laughs> now, a prayer for a prayer of confession and pardon. Almighty and mer- most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. <laughs> We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy law. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is nothing good in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore those who are penitent according to your promises declared unto men in Christ Jesus our Lord. Grant that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of his name. Amen. Now we'll have a reading on the Advent candles, which Sister Gloria Sterling will offer. Good evening. As we approach the lighting of the candles, this is just an information on the time of Advent. Advent is a time of expectation and hope. Advent means arrival or coming, and it prompts us to pause each day in December and remember why Jesus came at Christmas. Advent lasts for four Sundays leading up to Christmas. The Advent season not only symbolizes the waiting for Christ's birth, but also for his final return. Traditions vary by country, but common ways of commemorating Jesus' birth are through Advent calendars, wreaths, and candles. The Advent wreath was created out of evergreens, symbolizing everlasting life in the midst of winter and death, as the evergreen is continuously green. The circle reminds us of God's unending love and the eternal life he makes possible. Advent candles are nestled in the evergreen wreath. Advent candles shine brightly in the darkness, symbolizing and reminding us that Jesus came as light into our dark world. Advent candles readily demonstrate 
the strong contrast between darkness and light, which is an important biblical image. Jesus referred to himself as the light of the world that dispels the darkness of sin. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Human history spanned long ages shrouded in the darkness of sin before our prophesied Savior would finally make his appearance to free us from its dominion. As the Messiah's advent draws nearer, another candle is lit, with each candle dispelling the darkness a little more. A new candle is lit on each of the four Sundays before Christmas. Each candle represents something different, although traditions vary. Often the first, second, and fourth candles are purple. The third candle is rose-colored. Sometimes all the candles are red. In other traditions, all four candles are blue or white. Occasionally, a fifth white candle is placed in the middle of the wreath and is lit on Christmas Day to celebrate Jesus' birth. The first candle symbolizes hope and is called the prophet's candle. The prophets of the Old Testament, especially Elijah, waited in hope for the Messiah's arrival. The second candle represents love. We celebrate the love we have in Christ. This light is meant to remind us also of the love that God has for us. Jesus Jesus shows us God's perfect love. He is God's love in human form. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. The third candle symbolizes joy and is called the shepherd's candle. To the shepherd's great joy, the angels announced that Jesus came for, for humble, unimportant people like them. The fourth candle represents peace and is called the angel's candle. The angels announced that Jesus came to bring peace. He came to bring people close to God and to each other again. Now the optional fifth candle represents light and purity, and is called Christ's candle, and it is placed in the very middle and is lit on Christmas Day. So no matter how we choose to celebrate the season of Advent, Let's remember the beauty and grace of Jesus. He entered our dark, broken world on the first Christmas long ago, and he's working even now to restore light, peace, and life. Now we all should uh, light candles if we have them at home. Now we'll hear the Lord's Prayer offered by Sister Loretta Marley, which will be followed by the Lord's Supper, which 
uh, Reverend Millicent will offer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 As we prepare for communion, if you would gather your elements, and that is the, the wine, the grape juice, water if you don't have either, and your cracker or your bread. Pull up your sleigh for free pickup. Click to get started. Thank you. 
invite you to this table in the name of the one who said, I am the bread of life. This is the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is here that we remember how he gave his body and his blood to save us. On the night that he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread and after giving thanks to God, broke it and gave it to his disciples. He said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us, even unto death. Send your spirit upon us so that we may know that all who eat and drink at your table, in our congregation and around the world, on this Christmas Eve, are one body, one holy people. As you take your bread or your cracker into your hand, Father, we thank you for the babe that came in human form. We thank you, O oh God, that he grew and he walked among men, that he experienced all that we would experience that he might be able to take on himself our sin, that he died and he rose again. And now because of his body on a cross at Calvary, we can have forgiveness from sin. The bread of life, Jesus' body, broken for you. You may eat your bread or your crackers. After supper, Jesus took the cup of wine and after giving thanks, gave it to them and said, drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many. For the forgiveness of sins, whenever you drink it, remember me. Let's pray together. Lord, give us clean hearts, forgiving hearts, praising hearts. As we drink this and remember Jesus, we join with our brothers and sisters in heaven and on earth, giving thanks to you in an endless song of praise. Amen.
taking your juice, your wine, or your water in hand, you may take this cup, the blood of Christ, that was shared for you. We have come to the Lord's table. We have eaten the bread of heaven. The Holy Spirit will transform us from within so that we can see with Jesus' eyes, hear with Jesus' ears, speak with Jesus' mouth, feel the world as Jesus feels, to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now go into the rest of this holiday season, nourished by the bread of life. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Nelson. Now let us listen to a closing hymn for Christmas Eve, Joy to the World. It will be followed by the benediction which Pastor Nelson will offer. You just have to go through this again. Y'all, I apologize that I'm not a better. It's okay. Moderator here. Feel free to mute your phone if you want to sing along. Oh, oh, oh. 
I want to make way for those of you who are TI organization leaders that want to uh, have remarks or comments. Brother Frank, I think you were trying to say something earlier. Yes. I'd like to tell a tale of two servants of Jesus Christ. Martin Luther okay. King in the 60s said, we shall overcome. And he paid a very high price for it. John Fitzgerald Kennedy tried to stop the enemies of the people. He too paid a very high price. There is one phrase that stands out, and that is once again, united, we shall overcome. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. If any other of the uh, TI organization leaders are with us that you'd like to have, Anything to say at this time? I, I think Skizzit Powers was going to try and be with us. I'm not sure if Ella was able to come. 
If not, I can't tell you how blessed we've been to have you with us this evening. I pray that you have been able to experience uh, the preciousness of the Christmas season that you experienced as a child before the chaos and the confusion came into your life. I pray that the message that you've received this evening is one that has never been less never been more true, and that is Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. We are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. We will be um, having our regular church service on Saturday evening at 6 p.m. We will not have um, Bible study on tomorrow night. Tonight is kind of taking its place. So for those of you who came tonight to be with us, we are so appreciative of your time. And we pray that throughout the rest of this night, and into tomorrow and the rest of our lives, we will be reminded that the reason for this season was that the light will come into the world to pierce the darkness, that those who live in darkness might have light. And as we pray for our benediction this evening, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so very much for this Advent and Christmas season. As streets filled with shoppers, bright lights and tempting offers, Christmas songs and children's laughter, you lead us along a different path to a desert and a prophetic voice, a call to repentance, a call to service, a call to immerse ourselves in living water that will never run dry a call to prepare a way in our lives for the Savior of the world to enter in, to know the touch of tender mercy and the rest. God of hope, be with us journey to the stable and beyond. Be with us in our meeting and in our traveling together. Be with us in our worship and our praying together. Be with us in our Advent journey to the stable and beyond, our God of hope. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I pray that you're able to go through the rest of this Christmas season singing joy to the world, to yourself, humming it and listening to it on your YouTube or any other means of uh, of musical presentation because that we can have. It's the kind that the world didn't give, as my grandmother used to say, and the world can't take it away. But Jesus is alive, and he's alive in us. And because he lives in us, we have light, and that light is still the light of the world. Thank you for your time and your interest this evening. We pray that you will be blessed and have all the turkey and dressing that you can have on tomorrow. Hey.
Thank you. Thank you. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas everyone. Merry Christmas, everybody. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. God bless you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you, Dr. Bond. Thank you. We look forward to being with you in January. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. For those of you who are still here, I did forget to announce January the 18th, I believe, which is a Wednesday night at 9 p.m. We will be uh, having another night of, of remembrance and and um, fellowship for those who are victims of uh, of torture and violence. We are praying still for justice, and during that service, we will also remember those of, uh, from our community who have lost their lives. So. That's January 18th, mark your calendars at 9 p.m. And that will take place on the um, on the podcast service of, of Frank Allen and Targeted in Massachusetts. Is that right? That's correct. Targeted Massachusetts. Okay. You'll, you'll receive more information on that in our newsletter. And uh, I'll be asking the other TI organization leaders to send out announcements as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.